to another episode of the Home and Body Improvement Show. This is episode number 21. Today, Ross and I try a different format. We try to tackle one room and one body part. I'll be talking about the chest. Ross will be talking about the basement. If you haven't yet, go to coachpots.com, sign up for the newsletter. I'd love to have more, as many subscribers as I can possibly get. And without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. Episode number 21, Home and Body Improvement Show. Typical Ross, what is going on? Home and Body Improvement Show. Let's hit this ground running. Uh, Ross is definitely going to be joining us today, as far as I know, but then again, he might not be. We decided to switch up the format a little bit this time, and we're just going to select certain things we're going to talk about in a part series. What do I mean by that? Well, for the home improvement uh, portion of the show, we're going to talk about certain rooms, and Ross wants to talk about the basement, because I'm pretty sure he's been living there with his parents for the last several years and um kind of a throwback to when he was a child i don't want to throw him under the bus until he gets actually on the air but uh he wants to talk about the basement and then we're going to choose a different room next time and then uh for me it's a body part um i want to choose i don't want this to drag on necessarily but i feel like uh chest would be a good uh place to start i don't know if we want to talk about all push exercises or let's just talk about um you know, the cardinal directions, this will be a vertical, excuse me, a horizontal push. So that'll hit all the chest muscles. If you start thinking of exercises, not in terms of body part splits, but regular, the movements themselves, and you think about pushing and pulling, obviously, you think about horizontal and vertical, and then lower body is a separate entity. But for me, lower body only has three movements, which are lunges, uh, squats, and then kind of a combination of two, which are step-ups. So, you know, if we talk about horizontal push, you're primarily going to hit the chest, but you're going to hit all the muscles in the cardinal direction, not necessarily just the chest, because obviously there's some shoulders involved with that. There's some triceps involved with that. So it's not always just a chest exercise anytime we're talking about a horizontal push. But, you know, when you do bench press, people just talk primarily about um, just doing the chest, right? So what do I want to talk about horizontal pushing? Why? Well, I think the push-up itself is probably the most famous exercise. I think the jumping jack and the bodyweight squat have got to be in that list of three. Like if you could only do three exercises for the rest of your life, I think those would be the three that you would do. Uh, I would love to throw pull-ups in there, but pull-ups, you need a pull-up bar. So horizontal pushing is a fundamental thing because push-ups are probably the most popular exercise. I think it's always a contest to see, you know, a great contest to see is, you know, how strong you are, how many push-ups you can do, even though there is a difference between muscular endurance and muscular um, strength. So in terms of, we talk about just about pushing, uh, the push-up's a great exercise because you don't need any equipment. Uh, the chest is probably one of the first muscles you see on somebody, uh, just in terms of like their sheer size, their sheer girth. So, uh, oh, there's Ross, look at him. 
Ross, I'm in the middle of talking about the chest. Hang on a second. So getting good at actually doing like push-ups, I think is a fundamental uh, thing if you're trying to get fit at all whatsoever. Uh, if you're trying to, you know, put on some size, it's another phenomenal exercise, but you're probably not gonna put on too much size only doing push-ups. However, if we're still talking about doing horizontal pushing, you know, doing bench presses with a barbell, with a dumbbell, those are one of the big three. They talk about the three big mass builders are the three exercises that you do for a powerlifting event. So back squat, bench press and deadlift. So if we're talking about, you know, especially football, I always think in terms of football, just because that's kind of where my strength and conditioning background is like based in. And, you know, bench press has been probably the number one exercise when people talk about how strong you are. Uh, but in order to put on size, you know, push-ups aren't gonna get it done. The difference between doing muscular endurance and muscular strength is how much can you move for one repetition? And then muscular endurance is how many can you do uh, until you reach failure? But they're two different, completely different energy systems. People who train for strength don't typically train over five reps. They lift heavy weights, uh, they, you know, somewhere between one and five reps. Very rarely do they go over that. Uh, they may go, you know, maybe to the sets of eight sets of 10 to warm up and stuff like that. But when we start getting heavy, um, once you read that five rep mark, you're no longer talking about strength, you're talking about endurance. And then if you want to be able to do 100 pushups, obviously you got to be able to crank out many in a row. That's something that would take weeks and weeks and weeks to actually uh, train for, you know, but you could probably get there but obviously the person who does a hundred push-ups doesn't necessarily can lift the most amount of weight and the person who can lift the most amount of weight obviously can't do the most amount of push-ups that's just not how it works two different uh, energy systems but anytime you think about doing a horizontal pushing exercise you know even with a with the cables but you know dumbbells barbell uh body weight exercises with the push-up uh, you're going to target the chest. Chest is a phenomenal mass builder. Uh, it's a phenomenal test of strength, and it's one of the fundamental exercises, uh, the push-up that is for, that you can do without any equipment. That's a great uh, way to get fit. And that's all I got to say about that. Ross, how the heck are you, man? Doing great. Doing great, Andy. Doing yeah. great. Because you didn't answer the phone when I called. I thought maybe something was wrong. I was going to dial 911, but then I figured I'd hang out for another five minutes to see if maybe, maybe if you didn't need help. You know, are you okay? Is everything all right? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for being very considerate. I'm, you know, coming from you, I appreciate you. I actually wanted to go on, go on and make that effort to call 911 for me. Thank you. I would do that, Ross. I would, I would call 911 and I would put it into the hands of the professionals because I would check on you myself, but Wheaton is very far away and I don't have that kind of time because I'm too busy recording podcasts and watching uh, episodes on DVR of Judge Judy and Dr. Phil. So you understand yes. my predicament, right? I understand. Yeah. So, Ross, have you been working on any projects as of late? Uh, yeah, I just finished up my uh, one client. Uh, I did that garage job. I finished up putting up that, well, organizing shelf uh, rack for the walls, which is nice, uh, at slate board. And then now I'm moving on to another project where uh, we're dealing with a house that is uh, about 100 years old in beautiful Glen Ellen, Illinois. And uh, the one thing is about these old houses in Glen Ellen is that the stairs are kind of steep, kind of, how can I say, sorry, steep, sorry, my words. But yeah, they're steep. So uh, my client, he's probably about, you know, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, so when he comes down the stairs, he kind of hits his head. and. He has a son right now who's probably about four years old. And so when he comes down the stairs, he still has a hard time getting down. So he kind of goes down backwards just because it's so steep. 
And uh, so we're going to get in there and probably put a good, you know, we're looking at probably three weeks to change the slope of the stairs. Yeah, that so sounds like a pretty major at. project. So he's excited. And, you know, it's one of these things, you know, for, for our clients who are like homeowners, you know, the ones who are thinking, you know, this is, was the thing that was definitely being passed around on selling the house that people did not want to afford to get done when trying to sell this house. And so he says, you know, he has the funds for it that, you know, he made some extra uh, cash. And so he thought, you know, this is the right thing to do at this time for him and the house. But it was one thing that you always have to remind yourself, you know, within any house, there is things that get pushed along that don't get addressed. And this is one of the things that was not addressed. So I thought it was kind of interesting. It's just, you know, do you want to pay for it? Pay for it now or pay for it later. Someone eventually is going to pay for it. So it's like Murphy's law, you know, I mean, if he doesn't get him fixed, he's probably going to whack his skull. All of a sudden he's concussed. You know, the kid's four years old, but how long before that kid's banging his head on the, I understand. I totally get it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's important. And I, you know, and you know, he has another kid too. So it's very young, you know, a few months old. He's like, I don't want to slip down the stairs. You know, you mentioned homeowner, which reminded me, I used to date a girl and she would refer to people who were gay as homeowners. Huh. Home owners. Which I, you know, I mean, it seemed clever at the time, but in these politically correct times, I, I don't think you could <clears throat> say that on a podcast without getting your podcast canceled. So no, that's like open mic night. You know, it's all <laughs> jokes. I like that. And you're like, oh. Like, the quality of that humor, o'clock. yeah, is something that you would never pay money for. No, I understand what you're saying. Right. But uh, God bless her, man. She took all my money. You ever heard that song, uh, Whipping Post? And uh, no. by the Almond Brothers, and there's a line in there where he's like, "She took all my money, crashed my car. Now she's with one of my good time buddy, and they're drinking at a crosstown bar." That happened to me, except for the car she crashed wasn't mine. It was uh, she did crash one of her cars, but uh, nonetheless, she did take all my money. And then she was hooking up with some lawyer in a bar because she used to drink a lot, like a lot. And uh, glad I'm not in that. It's one of those relationships you're like, man, I wish I'd have got out of it sooner. And um, I didn't. I, I, I was in it long enough to blow through all my cash in about about two months. Didn't take uh, very there long. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the, the chapters we don't want to repeat. Here, here's know. the thing about women that take your money. They always pro- promise to pay for stuff at some point later on down the road. And then they don't. But when they do, they make you feel like less of a man for allowing a female to pay for something. So just know what you're getting yourself into, you know. And, yeah, uh, I think communication is the most important thing and uh, kind of see where you stand. But uh, I think the balancing act is uh, definitely communication. If you're not communicating and you're just kind of wondering in this ether. Listen, I, I, like I, I have no problem paying. Thing, I have no problem you know? paying for most things. And and in fact, being a man, you have to accept that you're probably going to get the short end of the stick, especially when it comes time to pay the check. And I totally get that. But the last thing you want to do is date women that don't expect to pay for anything. Because A, it's expensive. B, they might not like you for just your personality. And I've been down that road before. Ross, I got a question. You're on a first date and it goes well. Do you pay for everything? I'm going to call out a spade a spade. So, hey, uh, what are you looking to do? We wanna, I'm just going to cut out the romance. I'm like, hey, do you, I want to get drinks. Do you want to get appetizers? Do you want to do something like that? I don't know. If things are going well, or I've had women... You know, I've had women who's like, no, I'll take care of my drinks. You're like, okay. 
So you can essentially split the check in the first date. Yeah. You've done yeah. that, huh? I find if you split the check in the first date, more times than not, there will not be a second date. <laughs> it's just the way it is, man. I, I could, I've had the woman just get there. Like, she, I'll take care of my drink. Yeah. I'll take care of it. And you're like, okay. I feel like it's a test. You know, like, oh, I'll yeah. take care of it. But if they actually do, then they're like, mm, you failed that test. It's all in the eyes and smile and the key and body language. If you're like, hey, I see what's happening. I understand. I've it's had some not, horrific like, dates. Oh, okay. And I, at the very least, pay for most. I've, I, I'm, that's not true. I don't always, you know, in the day of Tinder and your uh, your bumbles and your hinges and all that stuff, like when you start going on like multiple dates and you agree to pay for everything, it gets to be expensive. And when women are expecting you to pay for everything and they kind of like, Hey, I'm drinking on this idiot's dime. Uh, you don't want to be that idiot, you know? So I can't say I've paid for everything every time I've gone on a first date, but I can say that I've done it more times than not because I expect to, because you should. And if you have a great time, you know, at the very least, pick up that first check. I mean, that's just kind of how it works, you know? That's why men get paid more. That's why women, you know, it's 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 fact, you know? It's, they, they pay you more so when you go on a first date you can pick up that check if she's not a sleaze bag but you never know man life is weird hey I got a, I got a question for you Ross this is, I've already told the viewers the listeners if you will that we're going to choose a different room every episode for the next several and body part I've already talked about the chest and I let the cat out the bag you want to talk about the basement and I made a funny joke that's because you still live in one but why don't we talk about basements, Ross? When you're redoing a basement or an, uh, let's say, okay, I'm a homeowner that owns a home and I'm interested in doing my basement. What questions do you have for me? And then like, what kind of things do you expect to do? First things first. First, you know, after you bought your house and you went through that whole punch sheet, again, some things get cut out where there's a compromise, again, on what you're gonna be getting yourself into, you know? Uh, some people have just definitely spray paint the basement walls. And so it comes down to addressing that you have a foundation issue or how good is your foundation? And that might be something to consider in your budget. You know, I have a friend okay. who has a bad foundation problem. And Foundation's good. Foundation's all set. Uh, I got a, uh, I don't know, uh, a 20-year-old son. He just flunked out of college once again because he's a goddamn alcoholic. And uh, he has no, you know, decisions what he's going to make and I've agreed to let him live at home for a month but the truth is I have already converted his bedroom into a sewing room and I don't know where to put his stuff so we want to take this basement that has a solid foundation and we want to turn it into a semi-livable space just so the kid doesn't hate me once he finally moves out which God willing is sooner rather than later go right well first you have to make him start paying paying a monthly rent just so he has yeah you're the contractor not the therapist so and then you start paying let let him charge him for storage on his things that's the next thing sorry tough love I don't care you gotta find that in your budget I had a friend that did that he went home and his, uh, you know, he's, he's living at home for half a minute. And his dad cooked him a nice breakfast, like let's say on a Saturday morning. And he made him eggs, and he made him bacon, he made him toast. And he's like, "Oh, son, you have enough?" He's like, "Absolutely." He's like, "Well, you know, why don't you, you know, why don't you have a, a couple more slices of bacon?" You know, "Oh, thanks, dad." You know, and then all of a sudden, you know, you want an omelet? Oh, okay, that sounds good. So he cooks him up an omelet, just a fat breakfast, right? And How then, big is this guy? Hey, he's a big dude. And so then at the end, the dad, he said, hey, did you enjoy that breakfast? And the kid's like, yeah, absolutely. And he pulls out a calendar, puts it on the kitchen table, and he circles a date about a month from where he was at. And he's like, you see this? 
this is the day you start paying rent. He's like, up until then, I'll let you I'll let you live in my home. I'll let you eat my food. But on this day, going forward, you're going to pay rent and it's not going to be cheap. <laughs> Real quick, man. My friend went and got a job, you know, slowly. In fact, he told me he had to borrow a couple bucks from his mom just to pay his dad the rent. Uh, but, you know, eventually he got on his feet, moved down. He's doing very well for himself now. But that's tough love. That's a good story. Man, we all need a good butt kick, you know. I can't. I, I, I guarantee we all need a little reality check. Because what... after a while, you think you live in this happy. Nothing's happy. Nothing's free. You got to work for it. And there's just a little, little, little pocket of happiness that you kind of have to get back into it. It's like your cardio exercise. You'll have to figure it out. Like you did all that hard work, and then you're relieved of your stress. You get a rest. You know, you have a cheap meal at the end of your week, and you're happy. And then you go back into it. That's like that's that's for anything. That's how I. That's my logic. That makes so, sense. So I guess I guess in a basement. I guess starting with the flooring. You know, you don't want a cement floor, right? So well, again, it, it depends. If your foundation, if you have a sub pump, if you have a sub pump problem, address that. How many sub pumps do you have? I had some people that have two or three in their basement because they live on the bottom of the slope of a hill, and so that was a problem. Or their neighbor's water sub pump was pumping close to their house, so that was another thing. So you have to address that. And then if you're having sub pump issues, do you decide on putting it on padded carpet down there or not? You know, some people, I've had a client put an exterior carpet, the stuff that you put in the sunroom in the basement, just because she was concerned about flooding again. But she wanted that field carpet. But if you fell, you know, if you're playing around as a kid, you're going to feel that really hard plastic right on the floor of that carpet. And it wasn't the dust, but that was the decision that was made. Yeah. So. So, okay, fine. So you make the room, you got a bed, you know, just, you know, tell them to take short showers, five-minute showers, eight-minute showers, seven, you know. Um, the next thing is that is just, true. you know, would you want to consider having the bathroom in the basement? How good's your house? Do you want to make one? Do you have is any strange situations where you get down there and, like, I've seen it like on like those uh, home shows where like, you know, they, they buy the house, but it's like sight unseen. They go in the basement and there's just a toilet in the corner of the room. Nothing around it. You ever seen anything like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely in a lot of unfinished basements. Yeah. Is definitely. working in the basement any different than working in any other part of the house? Say that again? Is working in the basement any different than working in any part of the house? You just work in the basement as if it's, you know, you just get a little more room and space. Um, again, yeah, it, it's fun to work in the basement because you get to get a little, you know, you can lay, lay out your tools. But in the end, it's, you know, when you're working upstairs in the house, I'm always concerned about scratching walls or ruining the floor. And so I never liked you know. the whole basement feel. It's like, you know, just like the garden apartment. Oh, garden sounds sexy. But every person I've ever known that lived in a garden apartment had flooding issues. And there's <laughs> something about like the, the lighting never. It's obviously really poor lighting. Right. And then you could like, you know, for the most part, you can see people's feet walking by and stuff. So it's like if you're going to buy, like, let's say you, you got enough money for a condo. Don't fall into the trap of buying a garden, man. They are the worst. Worst units in the building, if you ask me. You lived in a basement for, I mean, a garden, or what was that when you lived in the city? I did live, I lived in mine. Uh, I enjoyed it, you know, because uh, I did not like squeaky floors. Squeaky floors drove me crazy. Yeah. The last part before then, I would just always walk around, and uh, sometimes at night when I couldn't sleep, I'd be like, let me just walk around, and I, you know, 
get things off my chest, whatever. And I was always concerned about my neighbors below. And so the floors were resanded too many times to the point where, geez, you know, he was tapping on the, the ceiling just telling me to stop moving around. I was just like, ugh. So I liked how I lived in my garden apartment with wood floors uh, that did not squeak. But the funny thing is my wood floors were not insulated underneath. So when I go. You're, you're breaking up. My goodness, man. It, Definitely it, in there trying to keep myself warm with a heater, uh, my oven, and another like portable gas heater. I was like... And, uh, yeah, I, I was definitely like, oh, I'm glad I survived this. But it, that was when – and my walls weren't really the best insulated. I was like, yeah, I survived. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've been there because I'm on the top floor. And uh, every year I, I have to debate whether I should put the plastic on the windows. And I'd, I did it one year. And it, it makes the, like, air in the apartment stuffy. But, boy, it does keep the internal temperature up, right? But it's just like – Oh, my God. I don't know, man. I've had those nights where I've woken up like shivering, you know, and then like you crank yeah. the heat, but it doesn't quite get there. You know, you wake up, there's icicles on the inside of the windows. I mean, some of these Chicago windows are brutal. Winters are brutal. And the fact that I live on the top floor with the wind whipping through, it's hot in the summer. It's cold in the winter, man. It's just the fact, you know, like I have the sun beating down on my apartment every single night up until about 720. And uh, there's not much you could do about it. Like turn, you could turn the AC up and it helps a little, but you know, it's the sun is just beating on that part of the building, man. So you kind of have to get through it. There's only a couple of weeks out of the year which is really, really cold and really, really hot. Other than that, it's typically comfortable. So it's not like, you know, I'm living in an igloo in the wintertime and like a sun on the summer, but those couple of weeks, man, you have to adjust, you know? You do, you really do. But you I don't know. For that warm day to come. It is, I would imagine a garden apartment. For the next day. Your garden was pretty cool during the summertime, though, right? Yeah, it was. It was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't mind it, but I always did still take a shower before I went to bed. You know, that was just a summer tradition you do. Just that's how it is. Or the AC unit, you know. My AC unit worked out well. You put the you fan know. right next to the bed, just blowing on you all night. So Yeah, the worst part about my AC unit, whenever, you know, you'd have moments where my uh, breaker would blow. And so I didn't have a circuit breaker in my apartment. Because this was, uh, I just, uh, you know, I put up, you know, garden apartment where my circuit breaker was like outside my garden up the second flight of stairs in through this other door that I could not have access to. But you had to go to the other access and hit with another key from another apartment to get to this, to that. And mm-hmm. I was like, so I always had to call building the maintenance if my, if my apartment, if I blew the, the circuit breaker, if I blew the power. But so, think of all the money you saved living there. Going and my AC going, I'm in trouble. But you had a pretty good deal on rent, I'm assuming. Yes, I did. <laughs> oh, yes, I did. So I guess uh, working in basements, insulation's a concern, right? More so than any other part of the house. I always thought they did like that fluffy, you know, brown paper bag looking insulation, but that's not the case anymore, isn't it? All spray insulation. And when do they stop using the brown paper bag fluffy stuff? Oh, it's it comes down to that like Pink Panther pink foam board. Um, they, it's more condensed. You can definitely make stuff out of it. Uh, it's like what they've used for uh, building sets, you know, uh, in, for theaters shows. And so with that, it's pretty much there's an R value. I believe it can go up to it, its 30s, R30, 36, 38, you know. Um, oh, I know. And down to probably R13, but that R value, it's amazing because the last time I did uh, a basement 
few years ago was we put up that pink board and we actually uh, glued it and tacked it to the wall, which was great because it would actually insulate it. Because again, your basement with those cement walls is just like your windows. You know, air is going to come in, cold air is going to come in. It's just, it's just cement. It's just like, again, it's like an open window. So if you don't put something like a foam board to protect that, you're just going to have more coldness coming through. So it's really good to insulate that. There's fiberglass insulation that has a plastic lining over it that that's probably about four feet wide by the length of, you know, probably, you know, like 60 feet long, you know, probably goes for about $400 a roll, Mm. let's say, give Mm. or take. Um, But then once you kind of put these little needles on your wall that you glue them on, then you put this paper on, oh man, it's a game changer for your basement you wouldn't believe how insulated that is for your basement. Yeah, no, it's Um, important. I was telling my buddy, I'm like, if you ever do this, you'll definitely see savings for yourself for the winter, uh, for the summer, just because you're saving, you're not losing that. So cement walls are just like an open window. That's the conclusion. So keep that in mind. Always. will never change. Whoever's questioning will never change. Well, I mean, cement walls that like are contact to the outside, right? Like if it's an internal wall. Obviously not as bad, but I would imagine it still gets cold in the winter, you know, or probably conducts. My dogs hate you. That's why they're barking right now. Um, well, I guess, they should. Did they you should. do? Did you do lots of push-ups in your garden apartment when the when it got hot? Because I was talking about chest earlier, and I just thought maybe we could wrap this all up. I just like doing the uh, shirtless. I was yeah, I was like putting a yoga block between my thighs and do my push-ups yeah. just so I had more stability. That was my guide. Because once I focused on my two legs squeezing something, um, yeah, no, that helped me engage just like I don't want to drop this block. I'm squeezing this block. I'm doing my push-ups. I'm trying to find, you know, proper form yeah. for my push-up. And you know what? It helped. And if I need to take a breath of like a break, it would only be like a 10-second break and I'd get back into it. But I liked it. And I, I liked I liked feeling my body work working for me. I liked that a lot. Let me so. let me pontificate here for half a second. I think the push up obviously is an important exercise. You bring up a great you know, there's always variations, so putting a block between your feet to activate a little bit of lower body stuff is one way. You know, it there's a there's a bazillion different ways to do it. You're only limited by your imagination. But you know, with push ups, just like every other exercise, full range of motion is is you know paramount so we're looking for a shoulder below elbow almost touching the ground you know in the army or so they would say fist distance away from the ground i think you should almost touch the ground like literally i tell everybody touch the hair on your chest and if you don't have any hair on your chest just pretend um you know going all the way down all the way up every single time anytime you do any kind of exercise you ideally want to do that but full range of motion is a big game changer but here's a tip when training chest particularly the chest fly as you should know is like giving somebody a big old gigantic hug um you know typically they're done on the back with dumbbells um sometimes they're done if you have a cable crossover another example of a chest fly but the real um the the tip i would give anybody is to pretend that there's a pencil around your pecs and you're trying to wrap your pecs around the pencil so you literally need to focus on having that be the center point and letting your chest do all the work too many times i see people do chest flies and they're actually moving from the shoulder or occasionally bending the elbow and anytime you move a joint that's not around the pecs it's going to take away from the exercise uh and it's one of those things that the slower you do it the better it's going to be the more you squeeze 
squeeze at the top of the movement, the better it's going to be. Uh, you could see people that have done like, you know, chest flies forever, but they've never done it right. They've never felt it. They don't understand what's wrong. And then you watch someone who knows what they're doing, who takes momentum out of the game, lets the muscle do all the work, really pivots from the center, tries to wrap the checks around their, their chest around that center line. Uh, it's definitely a shaper. So it's not an exercise that will improve endurance or strength but it will uh, help the size of the chest and the, the way the shape actually you know comes to form if you're trying to put on size but chest fly man handful of tips when it comes to that exercise do you have any more things you want to say about the basement ross um you know if you want to save some more money again uh you can install you know hire guys like me to install electric heated floor Ooh. and uh we've had a client who wanted a porcelain tile uh down there and uh, i suggested putting a uh, heated floor how popular and are those like, huh how popular are those and heated floors are the most popular thing that's out that's coming in like it's schluter is a german company that makes a, a heated floor the technology has gotten much better than the last 10 years um great easy to install um you know it comes down to just like a you know wire that you set the pop into a nice little uh, plastic pad that has notches into it and then if you just figure out your square feet and the distance and uh how do you need to lay it man it's awesome and you just and you need it to connect that to your uh circuit breaker in your house a direct line just in case anything does happen so you do need electrician like a flood right like what happens if it if the floor gets wet i mean do you automatically die from electrocution nope it's insulated huh. you can't die no you got a circuit breaker but you'll love it because you know um the heat's gonna rise so that's gonna help you know heat up that room but also the rooms above so that would cut down on your heating that you're doing for your house because your electric floor needs some heat for you you know probably think what is the cost for what i remember you know ranges from how much you'll pay for the heat floor per month i think it was like 25 dollars to 12 dollars i think there's some there was it wasn't that much if you're like oh so that's what I'm paying. There is a little cost, but not astronomical. And then obviously you're using that in the winter time. But like, can I? How hot does it get? I mean, is it like hot to the seventy-eight? You can have it to seventy-eight degrees to seventy-four. So like, degrees. can I still walk around barefoot? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, people who like walking barefoot, and you like walking your feet on carpet or a rug, that same feeling of warmth and just snug, snuggly mm. feelings. That's right in your basement. Zero thought. Anything. Dude, so we pretty much touched it all, man. We got heated floors. We got chest flies. I mean, what else do you want when it comes to podcasting? Am I right? Yeah. Free merchandise. That's what people want next. The we free need merchandise. But we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Not free, nonetheless. I mean, we might sell a t-shirt, but I mean, I want to right. make if some I money off of it. my little, you know, my little storage closet, sure. I could, you know, give that to our winner, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> but just just those to you that listened all the way to the end, that makes you a winner. So I want you to know that. And, and a smile on your face. Anything else for me, my man? No, man, that's it. I all right. Well, what, what, do we know what room? This. I will talk about shoulders next week. What room are you going to talk about? Uh, I'm going to talk about the kitchen. I kitchen. like that. Kitchens oh. are my favorite. Good. So let's Good. do that. Let's do it. All right, pal. I'm going to let you go. All right, man. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Peace.
There you have it, folks. Another episode is in the books. Again, if you haven't yet, go to coachpots.com, sign up for the newsletter. And also, if you have a question that you want featured on the show, hit me up at andy at coachpots.com. Loved having you. Can't wait to see you next week. Take care.